everyone. Welcome to the Bujo Breaky Buddies podcast. We are your hosts, Wensin and Natasha. Join us on our BBB journey as we explore topics like careers, relationships, finances, lifestyle, and everything else in between. We do all of this while finding creative solutions on this bumpy journey called adulthood. So sit back, relax, and let's explore life one Bujo Breaky Buddies session at a time. For episode 5, one half of the BBB, Natasha is out of action. But we have someone who is very dear to the both of us. Our very own good friend and also the first podcast guest ever, Yin Li, who is standing in for Natasha today. Yin Li and Wen are going to tackle an adulting experience they have in common. We both move out of our family homes in our late 20s. And in this episode, we are going to explore our moving out stories. Here we go! Okay, so today's episode is going to be very interesting. It's a lot of first times. It's the first time without Natasha, which is the co-host. But today we have someone who is very dear to Natasha and myself, which is Yin Li. So Yin Li is an ex-colleague. It's an ex-colleague? Oh my god, it's an ex-colleague of Natasha and I. So three of us work together in the same department in telco that we worked with before. So today we have Yinli here on a very special topic, a uh, topic that's something uh, Yinli and I have in common. So both of us explore moving out within the last two years mm-hmm. and we're here today to talk about like, our experience of moving out from home and also a very uncommon part is we move out before you know, settle down with a partner, which is usually in an Asian or Malaysian household. People tend to move out only after they settle with their partner. But for us, we move out at a pretty young age. So we just want to capture our experience together in an episode. So, but before we start to talk about all of the experiences, maybe just have you to talk about her introduction about herself. Yeah. So we get to know her a little bit more. Yeah. So hi, I'm Yindi. Uh, so like Winston mentioned, uh, we were ex-colleagues, but turned really good friends. And I'm glad we came to touch to today. Uh, known Wunsi for a very long time and admire her a lot in terms of her independence. So I'm sure we have a lot to share in terms of why we moved out. Uh, but yeah, I'm still in the telco industry and um, happily working there. Yes. <laughs> the industry is not that, that big anyway. So yeah. yeah, happy to be here. Yes, I'm also still in the telco industry. It's a very small <laughs> industry. And yeah, and you guys are still kept in touch. I think we know each other for mm-hmm. five. No more in that Years. Well, before, yeah. before yeah. So started, that started off like we were both in a scholarship program, mm. though we didn't know, know each other. Yeah. We knew of each other's existence. And then we were at different departments that come to the same department. Then I depart. Then you move on to an internal role. Yeah. So there was quite a bit of roles on like our first job. Mm. And then segue into we move out yeah. to yeah. our each respective places. And that's constitutes part of our independence and growing up. Yeah. yeah. So what was your motivation to move out? Uh, I guess, you know, before this working, I did study abroad. So um, I'm sure you can relate when you study abroad, there's also these opportunities where you live alone or start to live with other people and experience life without your family. So I had that before when I was studying in the UK and then I went to Australia for a year. So really enjoyed it. You know, there was all these 
people that I was meeting either through uh, the same dorm or within the same household. Like, there was so much to explore. So I missed that, and I really wanted to get back into that whole lifestyle routine. But coming back to Malaysia, it was a blessing for me, actually, because I felt that I learned to live with my family again, not as kids, but, you know, as an adult living with my parents, with my brothers. So it was a new experience, and I did enjoy that for a good two years uh, when I came back to Malaysia. Um, And then I think when the pandemic hit in 2019, I realized that I was spending a lot of time at home. And I'm someone that loves going out. There are always activities to to do with friends outside of the house. And so, one, as I couldn't go out, but two, I was spending 24-7 at home with my family. Um, We would meet only for meal times. Uh, And I felt something was missing, that sense of, like, exploration and independence, which is why then I started searching for places to move out to. So did you have the feeling of wanting to move out when you first came back from university or it was only heightened during like the 2019 pandemic, like the factors that you shared? I think a bit of both. Like when I came back, I did, of course, wanted to move out, um, but economically in terms of being able to afford a place, but also in terms of logistics, traveling to work. Mm-hmm. It was very convenient for me to stay at home because I would take the public transport and it was near to a public transport line for me to travel mm-hmm. to work. So it didn't really cross, me, cross my mind too much about thinking of a place to move out to, but it was something that was long, you know, something I would explore in the future. Mm-hmm. But also during the pandemic, um, I guess you could say it heightened a bit because uh, I was working from home and I have three dogs, and oh. they would bark all the time. So it was not exactly the most conducive place to work from home. Ah, how interesting. Because for me, it was really stemmed from the university ex- experience where I get to live on my own. So mm-hmm. at that time, I took care of my own laundry, own cooking, own transport, own everything. So everything I needed to care myself, and I really enjoy those. But coming back home, it's... Of course, it's my room as well, but it's mainly my mom's ways of dealing with the house. So when I try to make my do my own laundry or cook my own food, it's a bit tough because we are always clashing at the same time. Yeah, so from there on, I already knew that oh, this I really wanted to move out. But like, also similarly, financially it doesn't make sense, or just it doesn't make sense. I still needed that dependence on my family while I kickstart my career in mm-hmm. Malaysia. So I knew that I needed to wait for a while until I could move out. But it is an intention right from the start, right after coming back to Malaysia after graduation. I really knew that I want to move out. It's just waiting for the right time to come. Okay, then for you, the right time is during the pandemic when things heightened up, then you felt it was the right time to do it. Is that the right moment for you? Yeah, I suppose I had a lot more free time during the pandemic at home. <laughs> So I started exploring for places, uh, areas to stay, and I think also I knew property prices were on a down during this time, so maybe I saw it as an opportunity. So yeah, I started, uh, you know, just going on uh, websites like iProperty, Property Guru, just searching for places that I would probably consider living. And how I did this was actually started by looking at areas where I usually hang out, like I have activities, either I go to the gym or hang out with my friends, 
these were convenient places to travel to. But also work, right? I think in the back of my mind that I would still go back to the office one day when the pandemic ends. So, um, I guess from these areas, I kind of triangulated a place or area that I think it was be convenient for me to stay. And I started exploring. So, I think this was a, during the pandemic where you could still go out. Um, mm. I think just before, it was after the first wave. So there was a small period of time where we could uh, move out, uh, sorry, get out of the house and explore. So I could still arrange for viewings. And uh, yeah, then I started exploring for places. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you move off around a year plus now, right? Uh, about a year and a half already. A year and a yeah. half. And for me, it's like, oh my god, it's two years already. <laughs> it felt like just was yesterday I moved into my first place. And... I don't know, there, there's something about me and moving out. So during uni, I moved three to four times in the span of three years. And for this move since July 2020, I've moved three times as well in this short two years because there were changes in my apartment arrangement. So firstly, I moved into a shared, uh, it's a shared room in a two-bedroom, so I had a housemate. And then I moved in by myself to a two-bedroom apartment, couldn't find a housemate, and eventually didn't want to find a housemate. And now I move into a one-bedroom apartment, so it's been quite a journey now that I think back. Uh, the right time for me to move out was mainly, I knew that financially I could, and then only I decided it was the right time. Before that, the first three, four years of working there, it doesn't make financial sense to move out. In terms of what we always say, there's no business case to move out. And, then only when my income reached to a certain level that I was comfortable. Yeah. And that's where I felt that, okay, it's time to do this. Mm. Then same things, uh, find the location that I want also really based on my social life. Like where my friends and family are. And work. And that time I didn't own a car. So I needed the place to be close to a public transport line. And I knew that I don't want to do the whole interchange station if I could. So that's, that leads me to a a few stations that LRT stations that I'm comfortable with. From then I anchor on to a place which is happens to be very close to my expert place, which I still am in the area of like the city centre as well. I think that's where I found my comfort area because my friends and family are around. Bookplace is far now, but it's doable with a car. So I think the location has quite it's quite interestingly we always keep it to closer to where our social life is. Yeah. And somewhere that is comfortable. Yeah, doesn't give us too much challenge to get there, I guess, convenience part. Yeah. Because ultimately, where you choose to stay feels a lifestyle that you want to create, mm. right? Um, I think, yeah, maybe my journey was like the complete opposite. Um, for me, it was like I went on this journey of exploration, but knew financially I couldn't really afford it yet. Oh. So I kind of set the goal in mind to reach there. Um, it's kind of like exploring, canvassing for options before I settle, okay, this mm. is the place I want to go and live. Um, I think I started speaking around with friends who have moved out and a uh, general rule of thumb is that whatever your rent is shouldn't be more than 30% of your entire income. So this was like a rule of thumb that I used, right? Mm. Mm. Uh, so based on that, I could kind of assess my budget and also like the income that I needed to earn in order to afford this kind of lifestyle, right? Uh, I mean, also, you know, in between, like, moving out, I also, like, move roles and, move, like, consider other jobs as well. So, I think this was also trying to, like, build towards that lifestyle I was trying to create. Mm, wow. Yeah. 
I think the interesting part for me is like you knew that the room price or the unit price would cost this, and then you factor it into your whole expense and income and whether you could afford it or not. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I knew that uh, I took a leap between jobs, and I knew that there is an additional portion that I could give it to rent, and then that's where I'm like, okay, it's time to move out. Yeah. yeah. I think factoring all these costs in is very important because like. Well, I mean, it is a separate topic, but leaves you a uh, certain levers to pull during your salary negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a whole different negotiation yeah. ballgame. So yeah, I think these are important to have in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember I didn't do too much of a budgeting exercise, which in hindsight now I probably should, but things kind of work out thankfully. Yeah, I didn't factor in too much in terms of the expenses that I would. I mean, rent is yes the biggest chunk, but there's also utilities that adds on to it. There's also uh groceries that now you have to buy, and then after that, um, there's also like a lot of one-time spends that expense that you would do like all the cleaning tools, electrical appliances. Um, maybe you need to add a piece of furniture or two. Those kinds. So those things I didn't really factor in, but somehow I think what helps me was also my family is still. A around like they are still helping in terms of some of the dependence that I'm still on them so it doesn't mean that when I move out the first time that I'm fully independent so I think I'm thankful at this way I'm so quite lucky that I see my family supporting me and they slowly let go even though they weren't doing it in a structured way but then slowly I feel that I'm gaining more independent as I move out or even I'm still gaining my independence but now like do I still I think I still rely a little bit on my parents for a few things. Every time I go home, I'll be grabbing a stuff or two back to my place. So I think I'm lucky in that sense that my family is just supporting me this journey. Then I want to ask you on this bit. How did you have that conversation with your parents? Because um, I think not a lot of parents are very open-minded about this idea of their kids moving out this young or maybe before they uh, settle with a long-time. So how did you have the conversation with your parents? Yeah, I mean, I too face similar struggles. Um, so I'm the eldest of uh, three and the only girl in the family. So I think uh, stereotypically we always have this notion that uh, like you wouldn't move on until you get married, for example. So I think uh, when I first came back to Malaysia, uh, I did float this idea to my parents. So it's not something new. and. You know, I think they weren't really comfortable with it. Uh, they would always ask me questions like, oh, is there something wrong with your room? Do you want to like, change it up? You know, thinking there's something wrong. But it's not about there's something wrong, but it's just you want to, you yearn for this space of independence and growth, right? Uh, so what I did was that I actually got my parents involved in the process, right? So my mom actually came with me to view all these units, uh, took her along the whole process. Uh, in the end, actually, the place I settled uh, down with is a place that she recommended, you know? Oh. So I think it's great to involve your parents in the process. Uh, at least they can kind of see the environment that you would be living in, knowing that, okay, you'll be safe. Uh, it's a nice community that you're living in. Uh, it gives them the peace of mind. And I think with my dad, it was probably the more difficult conversation that I had to have. Um, I told him really quite late. Like when I already signed uh, the tenancy agreement, I knew I was going to move out at a certain date, and I just told him, like, hey, you know, packing up, moving. 
but I think also made uh, them give them the reassurance that hey I'm gonna come back it's not that I'm gonna go out and never come back so I made them uh, promise that I would come back for dinners every weekend and see still see them so I think after moving in and then invited them to see a place they saw it so felt like they were definitely more reassured than the beginning I think you did quite a nice job in terms of number one, you first had a conversation with that. Maybe the conversation with that is a bit later, yeah. but nevertheless, it is still a conversation that you had, and maybe you're set that intention a little earlier. So it's not like out of the blue, it's like all in the world. Yeah. yeah, and then number two is you involve them in the process, especially your mom is actively in the viewing part, and the third is you give them the assurance that they need. So I think, not that I know how it's like to be a parent, but I think parents want to know that your children is safe, mm. your children is, um, at least they know that you are in a safe place. Yeah. For me, it's quite funny because from the start, they already knew how much I want to move out. Yeah. And it's like, if financially it makes sense, I would have moved out uh, after coming back to Malaysia. So they knew from the start and I think my upbringing on how I behave since I was young is I never really asked permission from them. I've always informed them and I always gave them the assurance that they need. So it's like if I need to go out when I was a teenager and say that, okay, this is who I'm going out with, this is where I'm going out, and I'm expected to be home by this time via public transport. So I think from young, I probably did the right thing unknowingly is to give them the assurance that uh, they need. And I didn't really ask permission because I just felt like, I'm an adult now, so I just do whatever I want. But I think they knew me to be either structured or they have enough plans. So the conversation with them wasn't at all difficult. Just they knew right from the start. And then when the right moment comes, which is when I was financially able to do so, that's where I already told them two months in advance that okay, I'm looking to move out. And once I found a good place, I would go. Yeah. So involved in the process was a bit interesting for me because my mom is a real estate agent. <laughs> so I naturally already appointed her to be my real estate agent, even though I was the one who did most of the hard work of finding places for her to call up the agent. Yeah. But she did her part by calling up uh, agents to make appointments, which is not a very easy thing to do. Yeah, so my mom was involved in the process by being my uh, real estate agent, and we went to a few viewings together. And with her approval, it also felt much better because she is, apart from her experience of being an agent, she's also my mom. So she would also give her approval in certain places. And I value her opinion as well. So she got involved in the process by approving the place with me. Then go on, then I go on to this journey of, okay, uh, pack up within a week because the place is already ready. Then I just move into my very first place. And also she was very supportive along the way. My parents, both of my parents are very supportive. So it's then the reassurance is more like I knew that every weekend I'd go home. Yeah, that is like other part of responsibility is also I want to go home. So that become a quite automatic routine. On Sundays I would go home and spend at least half a day there, if not the entire day. Yeah. How do you think your relationship with your parents evolved since moving? I think it has actually improved. Like during the pandemic, actually, like the pandemic, I, I think I lived with them for around six months. And during the six months, it was also quite difficult because it was the first time that five of us as a family unit, we at home 24 7. We 
don't go out. We can't really go out during the first lockdown, which is first straight. Um, quite a lot, of, a bit of a conflict, but nothing major. Just like usual family living together, things got uh, slightly complicated. Um, so then moving out, I think it improved particularly my relationship with each other member. Yeah, because the communication now has become much more quality and intentional. So there were a bit more texts here and there. There's also, and I can tell that the parents really want me to go home. They, they really, oh, when are you coming back? What time are you coming back? Even though they knew it's my Sunday, it was my Sunday routine, but they were still text, text yeah. me, oh, are you coming back tomorrow? I'm like, of course I'm coming back. Yeah. yeah, so I felt it has improved the relationship, even though the quantity of like, spending time together is lesser, much lesser. But when the time that we get to spend together, it was very intentional. It was good, of good quality. It was of good catch-up. Yeah, so I actually quite surprised me on that point. See, I think I was very surprised by that. Uh, similarly, I, I think it definitely improved my relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, that's why they say distant makes the heart grow stronger, right? Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting point because the fact that you live in two separate living spaces and you have your own lifestyle, mm-hmm. after a week, there's so much to share. Yeah. Right? Versus when... <laughs> You're living in the same household, you know what each other's up to every day. Uh, it's kind of like routine and you don't really question because you kind of observe what the other person's doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting point that it really did improve my relationship with my parents mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. 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 And it's also like when I go to my mom now, it's more like, oh, how, mom, how do you do this? It's mm-hmm. like, what, how come I move the phone a thousand times but my towels are still clean, very sticky? And then she would say, oh, why don't you try this? This brand of product. So there were a lot of discussions or conversations about like also growing up that I usually I mean back then I don't have like such conversation with them because I was so dependent in the household. But right now I could go to my mom for like other household advice, go to my brother to discuss with them a little bit about other things, go to my dad and talk about hobby stuff. So yeah, so it has changed the family dynamic a little bit. During the searching process, uh, we've always heard about these biases where uh, they ask about your race when you're searching for a property. Like agents would usually ask for this profile before sending it to like owners. Um, not sure if you went through the process. I personally went through it, um, and I didn't really think too much about it. And I think it's I'm not sure if it's a privilege that uh, they scan through race and then I got accepted to see the viewings. But I have heard from friends that this becomes a showstopper. Mm. And I think um, I'm privileged that I didn't have to go through it. But also because of the area that I chose to live in, I guess um, race didn't really matter so much. Um, like, I think in my area there are a lot of expats. And one thing, I think community is really important to assess. Uh, when I moved into my place, it was really nice. It was very quiet. Because one, it was during the pandemic, but two, I realized that there were a lot of bachelors in my place because the units were small. There were hardly any kids, no families around. So you don't hear like, you know, kids laughing and screaming at like the swimming pool, uh, all of that, none at all. So it kind of, I don't know if, uh, I think it did affect me in the lifestyle that I 
was trying to create, I was like, I'm not sure if this is something that I want, you know? I mean, it's fun and all, and all like hanging out with friends. Uh, but after that, I had to think twice, like, oh, is this really uh, a place I want to live? So after that, that's why I moved again, right? I think the place I'm living now is more community feel. Um, definitely feel a lot more families in the area. Um, it's just that sense of, I guess, comfort that you were mm-hmm. born. Like, maybe because I was so used to living at home for a long time. Um, and the whole neighborhood, like, you know, had kids around. But, yeah, this was something that surprised me. You know, I didn't think. So, which means you are after a more family kind of community. I mean, that's a bit more of a preferred hmm. environment. Yeah, I suppose like you know when I was cho- uh, choosing for areas to live in in the city was something that I definitely didn't want to live because I knew there were a lot of like um, hardly any families live in the city. Most of them are living because uh working nearby. Um, a lot of expats, right? So I guess I had a similar demographic moving to this place, which I didn't really realize. Like, oh, it's quite city-like. Mm. Oh, interesting. This one didn't really come up for me, uh, for me, but I think I've heard about this. Like when people assess to buy a property in a location, mm. they want to assess the community, and if they want to buy a house, they were trying to assess the neighbors as well. Yeah, this point didn't really come up to me. For me, it was really more of location driven. It can be any condo in that location but I think the criteria that I put was just homely. I didn't really define the homely whether it be family driven or bachelor driven or how but it's just a feeling that I would get. Mm. When I go and view the house when they open the door I would just knew what I would just know whether that particular unit is homely or not. Yeah. Uh yeah I definitely know what feeling you are referring to because it's there's just some units when you're walking, it's like, no, you really yeah, want, to see, want to see more of it. Yeah. But there's some units that, oh, it's quite inviting, like you were curious to find out more, and that's the feeling that you're looking for. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, right? that, yeah. yeah. And there are some units that are very nice, but it's very commercial, Airbnb-like, because they probably hire, hire interior design. And those kind, those is nice, but I just feel like, no, it doesn't feel like home. It just feels like I'm living, I will be living in a service apartment all the time. And that's, those are the ones that filter out. And there's some that's just really not inviting, like you say, in terms of the furniture is being quite old. And I'm like, no, this is not a home that I can call a home. Yeah. yeah, so, but out of, because I've moved three times already, so which means I've done three viewings in a very short span of two years. And all of this, the funny thing is, once you open a door, you just kind of know intuitively if this is a place that you know you can settle in. Yeah, so. And for this particular move, I did like 30 of the viewings. Wow. Yes. Because it was, yeah, because firstly, I was open to a few locations because mm-hmm. I moved my workplace, which means it expanded that I could live in a few places other than where I was. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, there were so many condos that I could actually look at. Yeah. And then, then I was also very picky with my preferences. And I think that factors help to filter out what I wanted. Which is quite it narrowed down the filters, but even though there are a lot of options, like thirty one options, that's only at the thirty first viewing, and I was already very frustrated and then I opened the door. Then I'm like, this is the one. Yeah, Yeah, trust your intuition. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one. And then I think it also boils down to making the budget works, the rent amount works. And then from from there I also remember asking you about Mm -hmm. your tips or your strategies of like negotiating the rent, right? Yeah, maybe we can talk a bit 
bit above that. Like, yeah. how was your experience negotiating the rent down? Okay, I think I was very lucky because I my first move was during the pandemic, so definitely prices were down. But I I negotiated them down further because I knew when I walked in the unit that I was I moved into initially it was. Uh, vacant, but you could tell it's vacant for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You walk in, you can smell like that musky air feeling, like you know, there's no air ventilation. But to me, it was okay. I could you know clean, spruce up the whole place, but I could negotiate use that as a factor to negotiate with the landlord. Um, I think it's important to do the viewing because you start looking for um, like things that you're okay with and things you're not okay with, right? For me, when I walked in, I knew like, okay, the things in the bathroom that are not working. And then I offered actually to the landlord, either I fix it or we reduce it in terms of the rent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I actually managed to negotiate the rent down a bit further, like about 100 ringgit from what the listing price was, which was already like 30-40% lower than the market rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just took that, right? Um, but I also think that uh, the fact that I explained my situation is... Um, this might not apply to everyone, uh, but because I live uh, within the city, within the Klang Valley, and I was not moving very far away, I actually told them that, hey, I actually won't be living here uh, seven days a week, mm-hmm. uh, which was really initially the plan that you know I would spend one day at home or maybe a few more days at home because I wasn't sure moving out. Uh, it was more of a journey. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think the landlord took that into consideration. This person is working nearby, but only living here to use it uh, to get more access, uh, to be more accessible to work. Mm. Um, and I think because of that, she became very, I wouldn't say like very lenient, but more understanding my situation. And so like she agreed to what the final price that we agreed on. Mm. Yeah. So I think be honest and transparent about your situation. Sometimes you could use that to your advantage. Uh, and yeah, I was very lucky I had a good agent as well to negotiate on my behalf. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I took some of your strategies when I negotiate for this current place as well. It's like, uh, also lucky in the sense that the landlord is very involved in the process. So mm. he was the one who is part of the union with the agent. So I pointed out a few things that um, the house is knocking off, but I told him I really like the place and I'll be taking care of the place like my own, which I do. A lot of things I also help him to improve the condition of the place. So from there, I think at before we we agree on the price, so we build up a good relationship from there. So by telling him that okay, this is a gap, and I'll be doing this, but on your side, uh, I would need you to do this, and would you be agreeable for this? There are some gaps, and I was also lucky with like a few conditions of the place. For example, it was beside uh, constructing a multi station, so which means there will still be noises that I'm able to bear, but I just say that, okay, because of this, I don't think um, the value of the price is there. Like, are we able to reduce further? And then the swimming pool is being, it's under construction as well. Yeah, so I just say that oh, I, I was unable to um, enjoy the facilities, which I actually do use to cover facilities. So from there, he's also being understanding. Mm-hmm. So like you say, be honest with your situation, also your feeling about the place, and that you... And your profile matters as well, in the sense that you know that you are a responsible, clean adult, young adult. And that if and what landlord wants is someone that they could take good care of their place. Yeah. Yeah. So from there I think build up a certain rapport with 
the longboard and then eventually he agreed with the price that I'm very happy with. Mm. Then pay a rent on time, of course. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. I think all those points you mentioned, a landlord expects a good paymaster and someone mm. who takes care of the place. But I think one thing to also think about is from their perspective as a landlord, I think you can do your research by searching up properties in the same area. Uh, how much would it cost in terms of a range? Like, you find your maximum. But the minimum is actually what the landlord pays if he has bought the pro- he or she has bought the uh, property and paying the mortgage, but also the maintenance fee for the place, right? So I think from that, you kind of work the minimum and maximum range that you're able to negotiate for the rent. Yeah. Uh, and then, like what you mentioned, pointing out all these things, what you're okay and not okay with, that can help you move the lever which part of the spectrum of this rent you can negotiate and then advise them. Mm-hmm. Another point about like what's surprising is because I moved like three times <laughs> over two years. Yeah. Which is a very tiring process, but each place I move out there are things to set up and there are also different routine to work with the place. And to be honest, it took me a while to get the hang of like the cleaning routine. Yeah, I don't know if you have that, I don't want to say struggle, but you have, did you need to go through a process where, yeah, it's like, oh, how many times do you need to mop? Mm-hmm. What's the right amount of uh, mopping I should be doing to maintain the house, the vacuuming? And from there, it's like, actually, there's a lot to maintain to the house. Like, actually, there's like a proper wipe down you should be doing every X amount of months for the kitchen places, because things actually get, like, the dirt do accumulate. So there's a lot of all these things that surprise you about the amount of things you need to do to maintain mm-hmm. the house. Yeah, what's your take on that? I think when I first moved in, uh, the place was small enough for me to maintain, and I'm very happy I made a big investment, which I shared with you and Natasha. I bought this like vacuum cleaner, handheld vacuum cleaner with a mop function. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that was life saving for me because I could, you know, clean the whole place. At least the flooring and everything under like 20 minutes for the whole place or around that time, right? So it was manageable. But like you said, there are all things I need for wipe down every you know few months or so. And as much as I enjoy cleaning, I actually find it therapeutic. There are a lot of things that I enjoy doing too and I feel like I've prioritized them more like, you know, going to the gym, going out for hike my friends. And for that reason, I feel that if you don't want to do it but it needs to be done, then just get someone to do it and pay for it. I think factor that in as part of your living expenses and to be honest, it made me so much happier getting someone to clean it knowing that, yeah, it's done. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree that it's actually quite therapeutic to do your own cleaning but if it gets heavy and I also do consider outsourcing, so far it's still manageable to do myself. And I don't know, I find mopping oddly therapeutic <laughs> but I hate washing the washroom. I don't know, because I think it's a place where you clean yourself, so it does get dirty at certain areas, and it's not pleasant to clean the nasty, like, not say very nasty place, but things get accumulatedly dirty. So, but it took a while, yeah, for me to get a hang of, like, okay, my routine is this, like, by default, every Saturday is just a vacuum, and then every two weeks I'll mop it, and I'm happy with that frequency. Mm. Yeah. So now it just become part of the lifestyle already, and it's just reactive for one hour a week to yeah. clean your house and you have a fresh home yeah. every week and that just feels pretty good. I think it's good to have it as part of the routine. Um, one thing I had to remind myself as well is because uh, I used to be really anal about cleanliness and I felt that um, yeah, things will always get dirty. 
is sometimes you just need to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, my friend was telling me, uh, lift up your glasses when you wear glasses so you don't see it. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, it's just some things can be let go, but it's what you're comfortable with. So, especially if you're living alone, uh, if you're living with someone, then that's a different ballgame, getting used to their whole lifestyle a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And um, it's interesting you're bringing up the point of living alone, because yes, for these two years, I've been living alone and occasionally have a partner and friends around. Um, but I think it's also driven by panic. But for me, it at times it get it gets lonely. Yeah, especially the, I think during pandemic, right? like twenty twenty one was um, like maybe at least half a year was spent at home and living in a two bedroom apartment by myself. It's just a huge space, but just on my own. And sometimes if you work from home all the time and at night you have no one to talk to physically to hang out with. Yeah, I think at certain times it gets lonely. But I would say, I think it's just mainly a temporary thing because now that the world opens up, social life is all back to normal. I actually felt like the loneliness feeling is less less already. But coming back home that I get to rewind after a long day of socializing or working, it actually felt very, very good. Yeah. So I don't know if you have like what kind of feeling you have or you just really love the space of being alone. I mean, yeah, I move. Uh, I moved in just before the next lockdown happened, so uh, of course I couldn't go out. But it made me really happy actually, because even though my place came fully furnished, uh, I started, I guess, sprucing up the place the way how I wanted it to look like and feel like. Uh, so of course, collected a lot of plants, like a lot of people did during the lockdown. Uh, I cooked a lot during this time as well, so I felt like I was really caring for myself and enjoyed staying at home. Yes, I do enjoy time to myself, um, but also during this time, I had a lot of um, I guess space to reach out to people I was not in contact with before. So I had a lot of video calls during uh, the day, the night, to just show them around. Hey, I'm moving to a new place. Just excited to share this joy with. Um, and I think also because I moved into a new area, so for me, I had I enjoyed going out for walks. Uh, just to explore the whole area, like that time we could still exercise for, for walks. And I live near uh, a trail, so I would sometimes go outside along the trail to explore as well. Uh, so I enjoyed the lockdown, the fact that I had a lot of time to myself. Mm. Yeah. Um, but of course, uh, you know, the, the loneliness does creep out once in a while. Like, um, no one's going to tell you, oh, it's time to cook dinner now. It's time to, like, you know, get ready for it's a lot of self-discipline that comes into the picture. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are, I good and bad, there are also pros and cons of like living alone, living in family. But I think in summary, I think both of us pretty much enjoy our experience of moving out. So maybe in your words, in summary, how would you describe the feeling of moving out? Or it's like, how would you, how do you feel about moving out so far? Yeah, I think Moving out was probably one of the best decisions I've made since coming back to Malaysia. Um, definitely don't think you can put a price on that freedom and space to grow. Um, yes, of course, you can think about it in terms of the rent that you pay. But beyond that, I think there's a lot to be grateful for. And I'm very thankful that I'm able to live on my own and... Um, I think throughout the pandemic, it also reminded me that it's a privilege. Not everyone gets to have a room on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, many many uh, people out there in the society 
don't have enough space to share with their family. So it's something I constantly have to remind myself about. Um, but so far, so good. Loving it. And I would recommend anyone who's thinking about it to just do it. I think I knew from day one that this is a never-looking back journey. Like, yeah. If I move out, it's like I knew that I couldn't move back. And also because my family's living arrangement is because my brother sh- is having yeah own room now because I move out. So if I go home, there actually isn't a space for me. And I always remind that it's because I move out, you get like, your own room. <laughs> Though they actually don't really see you that way. Yeah. But that's true. So for me, it was a never-looking back thing. It was both daunting and exciting at the same time. More exciting. Because I knew I felt... Because this is such a long dream of mine. Yeah. But I felt... What's the problem? I'm very happy with the whole moving out episode. is because it really introduced my personal growth in terms of independence a lot. Yeah. But because it's a main, a main part that I get to build my own lifestyle. Where I get to now do my own laundry whenever I want. And cook go out and now that I procure a car then that helps up with the independence. So it's like a independent phases that I unintentionally signed up for because I didn't know that I would tackle it this way. But it just so happened this way that I can't move out. Then when um, the public transport is not viable in my workplace and procure a car that helps with independence. And then I experienced different living apartments uh, in Klang Valley and then it helps with like oh Okay, so this is the house that I like. This is the style that I like. This is the right size that in the future when I buy a house, this is what I'm looking for. So that kind of helps with like all the personal growth that will be very helpful in the next adopting phase. Yeah, so like 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 you said, it's a few good so far. It's a best decision so far. And part of that personal growth is learning more about yourself, what you like, what you don't like, and it's great that you know you move on from places. To places knowing okay these are the, the kind of houses I'm looking for and this what I uh, this what I don't want I think that's really important because it tells you a lot about yourself that maybe before you were not aware of uh, I personally went through that and um, I think no one can give you that except for yourself to go through the journey yeah it's a process a learning process right yeah. and what a better time to learn about all this before you commit to like an actual home. Mm in the future is by you gaining all this experience through renting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Finally, if you have any takeaway of lessons you would like to share, I think we've shared like quite a few throughout our conversation. Now it's just like, is there anything else you want to share? In terms uh, of lessons, takeaway? I think I would say share it with people around you that you're going through journey like moving is a big chapter in anyone's life right this is a change of lifestyle and sometimes navigating that change uh, is helpful when you share it with people close to you especially your friends and family uh, like i'm glad we shared it with each other because we went through a similar journey right because we could relate now um but um yeah i would say just share about it with people who either are looking to move out or even people who have moved out before because there are a lot of insights that you learn. Uh, I think that's personally how I develop like the way how I choose to live and stuff. Uh, so yeah, talk about it. Yeah, nice. I think I would just add that use this move out experience if you could to just really learn about all aspects of their lives. Like firstly, like we say, um, share with friends and family because they are able to help you and you also have to foster your relationship with 
friends because they are also, they have been through that and then they would be they would feel nice to be able to have a friend like that. Yeah. And then for me it's also learn about yourself about yourself in terms of financial mm. capability as well. As in your house also should not be a financial burden that would eventually constitute to be a mental burden. Because there was a period of time where it was unintentionally become a financial burden where I couldn't find a housemate and eventually didn't want to uh, rent to someone else because I thought, yeah, hey, I should like the whole place myself. But because it's a two bedroom, so it became a more of a heavy burden. So try not to let it be a financial burden because you want your home, a rented home, to be a place that you can have a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. If you're bothered by it financially for whatever reason, then that's not an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. So just be reasonable with what you spend. Don't, I would say, don't try to overspend too much in terms of like living situation, even though we probably have a certain standard, but then that day would come. But then if you overburden yourself from the start, that might influence or impact your makeup experience as well. Yeah, I think from a financial exercise as well, it's good to assess um, the place that you're moving out to or area you're moving out to, whether it makes sense to rent or to buy. Like, a lot of people think about owning their first home, uh, but sometimes if you do the math, it's probably cheaper than uh, to pay your mortgage than to rent. But of course, the upfront investment is very different. So yeah, I think do your research, try and find out. Maybe the first home you move to is the first home that you own or rent. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the episode for another day. Yeah. <laughs> that one is oof, another another long episode. Yeah. Then I guess it's just again using that move out experience to just help in your personal growth. I think lifestyle can help as well. Because mm-hmm. I think like you said, when you choose a place that suits your lifestyle, but it's also like lifestyles that you can explore in the new place. And for me it's about adjusting my fitness lifestyle. The cooking part, yeah, because now I'll be responsible of cooking in the meals for myself as opposed to having a mom to prepare the meals and that also is quite an adjustment. Mm. Yeah. But it all leads up to a very nice phase of like independence growing up and also yeah, learning so much more about yourself. Yeah. Okay. And with that we conclude our episode today of going out and thank you so much Yili for spending your Sunday morning with me. Thank you. Okay, I hope you have a good experience of it recording with me? Yes, I did. Okay. Alright, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you the next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you, fellow BBBs, for tuning into this episode and for spending time with us on the Bujo Breaky Buddies podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did and took away new insights from our conversation. We greatly appreciate your comments and feedback on our respective podcast platforms. If you have not already, follow us on our Apple Podcasts and Spotify channels for new episodes and our Instagram page for more updates. Links are in the description and bios. Now, let's explore life one Bujo Berkey Buddy session at a time.